Quiet, please. You're listening to Birdies and Bogies, hosted by Jordan Bloxham and Weston Mon, bringing you golf's week in review, recapping your favorite tournaments with professional insight from their perspective. Now, quiet, please. Here's your hosts, Jordan and Weston. Weston, what is up? Well, a lot of golf and a lot of break. <laughs> yeah, took a little time. I thought I was going to have some time in London, and there wasn't a chance. I was waking up at 5 no. o'clock to record. Um, but, and that, yeah, there was some good golf. I got to watch, like, three holes of the PGA. Was able to, like, finagle my way. I'm like, oh, what can I get? Oh, I can watch the playoff on CBS Sports. It loaded nice. up for me. So, watch the playoff. That was good. The PGA. It was... It was fun. I was kind of rooting for Will Z to get it done. Yeah. Um, I was on the opposite side. I was rooting for Justin. I don't know. I just want to see Will do it. And there's some of, well, he he has his right to his statements, but some of JT statements about guys going to the tour and be like, well, then go then. Well, there's one guy that did. Took him up on that offer, uh, which which we'll discuss here in, in a little bit. But yeah, um, no fun stuff. Yeah, there's a lot we went through. Man, it's ooh, crazy. Yeah. Well, let's um, start off with so the, the PGA because that's where we left yeah. off. Major, yeah, yeah, major, second major of the year. Uh, absolutely fantastic course setup. And uh, the event itself, I, I really thought like this was a great, great course. And so to see it in its condition now and and what the you know the, what it took for the players to win felt like it was a true challenge, a true major and most impressive. Yeah, I mean, it, it was super fun to watch. And like I said, we're on opposite ends of of it watching it. Um, one guy that I feel bad, don't feel necessarily feel bad for him, but you wonder what happened because I'm watching it and I'm like, Oh, Mito Pereira has got this thing locked. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm just following it obviously on the app. And then all of a sudden I turn it on. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? What just happened? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh man. I, I totally feel for the guy. I mean, let's call it what it is an absolute uh collapse and he was on the 18th tee he swung and, his driver he absolutely piped it but the swing was off did you see his swing like his swing was bad and he didn't he's he leaked it right yeah and he if he was even gonna if he was even gonna attempt to go because if he was gonna go to the right he shouldn't have been hitting driver like it shouldn't have been a driver because of how that it yeah. ran off and into that side so and that was a challenge itself i mean i'm against fairways that roll too much but that was just part of the the course i feel like we've had this discussion before (laughs) he's like deja vu he probably should have hit a three wood off the tee right yes and and from there 
you know, risk of chances. Yeah, you have yeah, a couple worst more. Case scenario, yeah, worst large. case scenario. Worst case scenario is you put it in there, you get it right, and then you get it in play. Because what did he do after that? Because I think he three-putted after that, though, too. Well, he hit it to the left side and then basically chipped over the green. And then... That's, okay, that's right. And then finally well, like, got it on after the penalty and the bad chip and then missed the, the the putt to get into the playoff altogether. So, yeah, I and afterwards he's like, well, you just kind of amped up and that's what happens. And it is. It is definitely something that happens. But... Um, I'll give him kudos, though, because he came out and just... Because I did watch, like, he did an interview, like, right after, right? Yeah. Where some guys would have been like, no, I'm not talking to anybody. Heck no. He was like, yeah. He's like, it sucked. He's like, it was a, he's like, he's like, it wasn't even a really a bad swing. It was just, and it wasn't. But if he does that with a three wood, he doesn't get in that trouble. Which is, oh. I think it was just a bad club selection at that point yeah. where you are a little hyped. And if anything, right? And he's got a noise. He knows his miss. I don't know. Obviously, guys newer on tour. So I don't haven't watched him play enough to know his miss. But my guess is it's that little squeeze. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of unfortunate. I think he got a bad kick because JT smoked one off the tee and he got, I think, a good kick. Yeah, he got a straight kick. And it's and they even mentioned it when he hit when JT hit it, and they're like, oh no. But it hit JT's hit a flat spot and kicked straight. Yeah. Where Pereira's kind of hit a, just a little bit and kicked a little bit right. Yeah. So I mean <clears throat> kind of a maybe a bad club selection, but yeah. A little bit of a an unfortunate bounce as well. So I don't know. Before we He's, talk about the uh, playoff, we got to talk Tiger. So, what would you think? Like, I saw him on Friday, and I was like, dude looks like he belongs, needs a cane. <laughs> right? Like, that was just, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, he looks – because I saw it, like I said, obviously, when you and if you turned it on at all, like I said, and I was able to get some of it, if you turned it on at all, you, you saw Tiger. Right. Yeah. And I'm going and I'm like, he looks so much worse. I'm like, he looks worse than he did after four rounds at the Masters. Like yeah. he looked it looked bad. Like the yeah, walk looked really bad. bad. For him, right? So the Masters is hilly. No right. question that. But so is Southern Hills, and maybe even more so. And um, but Southern Hills is hotter too. It's yes. like it was like 20 degrees hotter. And with those hills and the exhaustion of everything, I mean, the the guy's body physically cannot sustain four rounds, and that's like really hard for me to say. <laughs> and and the the fact that you're saying that, like, I'm like, I watching him in the PGA, I'm like, I don't know if he can anymore. Yeah, and I mean, from a skill perspective, skill I perspective, he's out. <laughs> oh, like the guys made the cut in two majors and those are oh, the yeah. only courses he's played. Oh, so, yeah. and that's even with him getting incredibly exhausted on the second day. Oh, so yeah. pure skill and skill alone, this guy can outplay anybody on the course. That That's my personal opinion. So if he, which he won't, but if he got a cart, 
the guy would have been in the top 10. You're in John Daly's camp. I know. I am definitely. Why? Because <laughs> I live through Tiger. No, and and I just feel like that's that's what he needs. And and why not? I mean, he's he the dude could probably qualify for a handicap uh placard for his car. Like, no questions asked. So yeah, no, he's not gonna take it. He he feels like there's pride in performing the game and walking. And I totally get that. But if there's any majors this dude's going to win, it's either the Masters and he gets like cortisone shots and steroids to like last the week. And, and he has, yeah, and he, he really, because he really hasn't stressed it. Yeah. For or, a couple of months. Or it's the British Open where there's literally no hills to walk because the whole course is flat. Yeah, he bet you better not hit it. No, the course is not. They're not. I would, I would say it's not flat. He's gonna oh. have to take it. He's gonna have to plan his walking route, yeah, around those courses so that he doesn't get over some of those. Right. Well, hills. that's me saying Tiger's never gonna miss a fairway, right? <laughs> so, but um, it's gonna be better than walking Southern Hills. I can assure you that. So, uh, it's yeah. oh man, yeah, totally <laughs> feel like Tiger needs a cart, and if he did, easily would have been a couple strokes better, and he would have the energy to last for the week. Yeah. Like I said, and it was, it was there, and I will give it to the guy. The guy is like, he's like, I am making a cut. Yeah. Like, in the last two events, he's been like, no, screw everybody. I'm making a cut. Yeah. And and then it looked like at that point, I, and this is, like I said, this is where he's elevated, but it's hard to think of. I know that. Like in the front of his mind, he's like not telling it, but in the back of his mind, he's like, that's, that's what I've got to do right now. Yeah. Because that's where my body, cause he's like, cause once he got to there, it was like, it was kind of like, a, right. Yeah. I got yeah. there and then this one, it was like, and then he's like, oh no, guys, I'm out. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough. It's brutal. I hated seeing it. I was like, why? I still wanted to see him play anyways, but he would have shot like 85 or something just because once you're that tired, you're done. And so it was a good move for him to, to not finish out the week, but man, that, that second round, like that was a thing of beauty. Like he really grinded and he made some great saves some great plays and did what he needed to do to make the cut. And I had complete faith. He was going to make it too. And I, I have that on text record. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, like I said, it was kind of crazy. Um, but yeah. So JT wins a second major. Yeah. Big deal. Let's talk about the two guys that were in the playoff. So, so my question is, is, and I put this on our notes, is JT can, is JT going to be, going to win i don't know i was like well that was i just started reading what i typed i'm like that's not right um does jt win any major besides the pga so with this second major obviously we've always known he has the skill right yes winning your second is pretty impressive but doesn't change much in the grand scheme of things but at this course at this course, that's what was most impressive, right? It, this was no 
walk in the park pga this one but, it, but he's he's one at like tpc he's one at some spots that's that have been hard courses yeah in tough conditions yeah i i think he has the game to win um at any location where? to be honest that that's where i stand mm-hmm. uh especially with winning mm-hmm. i this this particular setup to me was reminiscent of like a u.s open setup you and still I, get I, a I, little bit more leeway off the tee which benefits yeah. jt yeah and i think oh. that's why the pga i think he'll win at least one more pga i'm 50 50 on if he wins another any other major mm. I would put him down for it for sure. I mean, the Masters is one of those courses where you can be a little loose with the driver and get away. So I definitely put that high on the list. That yeah, that would be number two. Like I said, I think driving comes into play obviously a lot at the US Open. And then um I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, it's when you look at it and I'd have to actually go back and look at this and see what his finishes are. I mean, well, obviously his highest ones are think of the masters. Yeah. The masters is where he plays the second strongest. Yeah. Um, granted the PGA he's won twice. He has the top six in, in the PGA, but he's also missed the cut a couple times um, and whatnot. But the Masters, his finishes in the Masters have gotten progressively better. Tied for 39th, tied for 22nd, tied for 17th, tied for 12th, 4th, tied for 21, tied for 8th. The guy's never missed a cut at the Masters. And and he has two top 10s, almost three out of six times. Like That's the one he's going to win if he does. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. The U.S. Open has been an absolute slaughterhouse with the exception of um, the 2020 U.S. Open, where you got a tight for eight. You got R2-D2 with you over there? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like I said, that one, like I said, I'm 50-50. I think he gets at least one more PGA because I think it suits his game mm-hmm. really well. Um the other question that I had from the things does Will Z win a major this year? Zalatoris. Oh. That's a tough one. I don't, he does play really well in majors. Like tough. But I can't see his putter holding up oh my gosh <laughs> his par putt on what was it 17 oh my gosh oh my gosh oh it like it it makes me want to throw up he's just like, picturing it the way i describe it he's like a reverse shack you know shack in the paint dude made everything but you put him out beyond the arc and he couldn't even hit the rim and then Zali is the reverse. So the guy gets close to the hole and the putting stroke just vanishes. 
and it's like the thing about it is it, it was pretty solid all week but you had just a couple glimpses of that little hitch and you're like what just happened yeah it, it was i mean and people where eddie pepperall tweeted about it <laughs> and it was really funny a little it, bit of bad words in there because that's it, just eddie yeah. but um yeah he was like eddie should have been playing well, he was in the lead at some point at the dutch dp yeah. this this week but like i said his, his, at his this point were yeah what was his comment his comment was i'm tired of you guys talking about wheels putting the guy's amazing and he's a phenomenal golfer. And then like one minute later, he tweets. He's like, oh, I had to look it up. But he, he basically said like, oh, he said, he's putting blind out there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, like you yeah. watch it and you're like, oh, you're like, oh, good, good, good. And it's like one out of every five on the ones inside five feet that you're just like, he just had a, a stroke. Yeah. Like he about he was literally a half inch from shanking that one, that one and a half foot putt. I know. But and then you put him out 12 feet in the, and he's, and he's like, just like oh, rolling him in. Yeah. The guy, oh. you, you want to tell Will Z, you're like, dude, you hit the irons good enough. Just miss it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that I, and with that, like obviously still an amazing golfer. Um, he'll probably yeah. win in a pga tour event or two but and obviously he's been there very close in the majors but that right there that playoff i think really did showcase the kind of golfer you need to be to win a major right uh, and i don't even think like so they both birdie that i mean jt hits a great t-ball on the second playoff hole. Oh, driving the green with a three wood. That was amazing. Even with a bad kick on the green. Yeah. And then, you know, Will Z doesn't hit a great second shot, but he's trying to flag it. He's trying to get really close because he knows that. But, like, and what I mean, JT is going to do. Overall, JT birdied two of three holes. Yeah. And this was no easy setup. And then, secondly, he almost birdied the third. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like d- that to me, like really solidified the kind of player JT was. The pressure was there. He learned from his mistakes. He was not going to let this one go. And because remember when he folded like a cheap suit against Phil in the WGC? Um, that was brutal. But this one, he was in complete control and he took it. So I mean, obviously. I, I mean, you say that, but then at the same time, we're just like, yeah, we just watch him get a good straight hop, or he's in the water on. Yeah, he, the he first tee shot. He got lucky, but but he still took advantage of it, right? He still needed to flag yes. it. Oh, he, and he yeah. still needed to make that birdie. Um, and so, to me, like this, this, this win, more than any other performance he had, showed me that he he knows how to just take the course by his horns and, and drive it. And um, it was, it was pretty impressive, pretty impressive. I, I thought it was awesome and well-deserved for. Oh, it was, it was fun. And everyone, like I said, it just like, it's hard for me to watch a player 
that I think has the ability of Will Zalatoris and just like, and people are like, oh, and I was actually talking with somebody today about it, about Adam Scott. Adam Scott was an average putter. Like, he may have, yeah, misread and maybe not hit, but like, Will Zalatoris's stroke is like to a point where it, some point it's just going to get in his head. Right. I think he's young enough and kind of figures it out right right now. And yeah. he's doing is trying to work through it, but I don't know. It's it's not not solid. So yeah. But, but not not solid in the sense, but I say he's now he's like at three top tens or three top fives in majors in this three or four. Well, and that's the thing is his stroke can hold up when there's no pressure, right? That, and that's, that's the reality in that, that playoff. I mean, that kind of showed his game and what skill he needs to have to take you to the next level and beat a player like JT. He has to execute at an incredibly high level and and it's not that he didn't play. I think he birdied one of the holes, but he he uh, he parred the second and parred the third, and yeah. and that's pretty amazing as it is, right? Going one under on a three hole playoff, but um, um, yeah, it's just I feel like uh, more pressure on that putting stroke within uh, four feet of the hole, and it's going to get pretty rough. Yeah, and that's where it's yeah it's. I don't know. Like I said, I don't think he does. I just St. Andrews, you're just relying way too much on the putter, mm. but maybe it'll be outside of five feet. So it'd be all right when he gets those there. So he doesn't have that, that shorter stroke that, that gets him yippy. But if he does, I think it, it'll be the British. If he gets one, I think Brookline, won't be the spot for him, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, never know. So, so we've got a, still got a lot to cover, but let's go through JT's. Yeah, the bag. We'll, we'll do a highlight here. I mean, he has Titleist through the bag, TSI driver, TS3, three wood, 915D, five wood. He just keeps going older and older as he gets higher in the bag. Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing to highlight was his irons setup. So, Obviously skilled enough to play blades, and most of his clubs are blades, but uh, he has a T104 iron. Um, so just a little extra pop, a little extra distance, a little more forgiveness. Yep. And for the good players, that T100 actually looks like a blade. <laughs> it's yeah, really it's a pretty. It's um, pretty close. But it's, the, it's about as close as you can get without being a blade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The cool thing, though, is um, his irons. So they are modeled after the 620 MBs currently, you know, available, which are already low offset as it is. But um, JT likes no offset where the leading edge actually lines up with the hosel. And because of that, in previous irons, they had to bend that out. 
Right. And when you're bending it out, it can get a little messy. They've got some of the best benders, right? But there's still some things you can see in the hosel. This go around for they're called the JT or sorry, the, the 621 JTs. And what makes this iron different is they altered the CAD file of the iron and they CNC they, milled the heads. Yeah, they pushed, so they pushed it out. So then you get the same bounce as the yep. 620s and everything. So you don't you don't lose any of the characteristics. Yep. But then you push the well, I guess you lose one little bit of the characteristic the, the offset. Yeah, <laughs> the offset. offset. Um, but it's an incredibly clean design, something you are never going to see in a set of irons available on the market today, with the exception of like a few boutique brands that kind of highlight the zero offset. But, um, you know, a lot of people speculate, oh, somebody else made these. And of course, people are going to throw out, oh, I bet Mura made these. But uh, in <laughs> fact, this was not. Well, we'll go over that later. Wait, yeah, hold, hold please. Hold on. <laughs> and then, uh, but in reality, these particular Titleist irons were milled on a CNC machine in-house at Titleist, specifically for JT. And so there's no question around uh, as to where these were manufactured. So, um, but pretty cool irons, pretty awesome to have his own set. I would love it if they did like a commemorative 2000 run set, but it would just be way too expensive to CNC mill the uh, eight iron set. So, yeah. Just do it. Do do a hundred of them <laughs> and sell them for five grand. You know that okay. they're gonna oh, sell. People will sell. People will oh. buy them. Um, and then he's got a four wedge setup. He's got yeah. a, a forty-seven point five degree, a fifty-two point five, a fifty-seven, and then a sixty point five. And his the the wedge that won it is, and this is pretty cool. Killer story on this one. This is a 6006K or low bounce K as they call them. Right. But uh, this has a triple grind sole that is modified because he has been practicing quite frequently with Tiger Woods and that he has been able to try Tiger's wedges. Right. So some inside sources have told me that JT wanted to try something similar to what Tiger had been playing, a pre-worn leading edge, Peel relief, trailing edge relief, and you now you're, have the. You're not a journalist. You can give up your sources here. No way. <laughs> but um, it is pretty stinking cool that we have this TW inspired uh, wedge in the bag. And JT's been rocking it for a couple of tourneys now. And he does rotate through some stuff, but this one in particular has been uh, quite uh, trusty to him. And so. Um, it's really awesome if you get a chance to check out some of the what's in the bag stuff on golf wrx it's a wedge works well like i said it's it's been been pretty good i actually finally got my last sm9 the 50 degree and remember how i told you i didn't didn't really dig the look of the callaway oh yeah i hate it (laughs) <laughs> I set the 50, the SM9 down. I'm like, uh, yeah, I do not like that. The Callaway wedge at all. Like, yeah, not even a little bit. It's funny how you like, I'm like, oh, it's not bad, but there's just something about it. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, why did I ever play that wedge? And I've actually had it in my bag for a long time. <laughs> it- uh, it's a thing of beauty. 
Um, I, I mean, Folky makes great, great wedges. And uh, having the skilled hands of Aaron Dill to grind out anything you want, it's, it's pretty awesome. And yeah, and I did the, on the, this one, I did just the trailing, trail edge relief on the 50 degree. Yeah. Instead of the lead edge. But no, that'd be nice. Fun stuff. And then, then the last thing really to highlight, that was a new putter for JT. That was not his trusty old slant neck Futura. This was a proto, and he went with a smooth-faced putter. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this one had a, a knuckle neck, which is very similar to a plumber's neck in shape, but a knuckle neck um, is a very clean way to reduce the weight that would occur from having a traditional plumber's neck. And so it's an actual piece of shaft as an empty cylinder running up as the neck. And then on top is a CNC milled basically knuckle where the shaft can be inserted. That would, And from the top, it looks like a very traditional plumber's neck, but um, to do the knuckle neck, you, you save a lot of weight, keeps the CG centered and balanced and gives you the opportunity to have more of a face balance flow to it. And uh, when did he, when did he change this? And okay. I think I it was like two in. tournaments ago. He was like testing it on the tournament prior. That's right. And, and then it stayed in for the uh, the PGA. So pretty impressive. Um, pretty awesome. That's cool. And um, yeah, another another win for a Scotty putter and a uh, and a really cool story around that too. Yeah. So Vokey and I list again. My guess is you don't have the bag count for this week. I list to sure won, they won they everything. Yeah um no it's been it's been kind of a trend um except for when we get to this week's winner which we'll go over in a little bit but let's let's take a break for that and get some some juicy stuff oh talk to me (laughs) just keep living yeah as as a great poet matthew mcgonaghy once said Mm -hmm. um but on a side note, if you get a chance to either listen, I would listen to Matthew McConaughey's book, Greenlight, because he narrates it and yeah, it makes it that much better. It does. Oh, good. It does make it that much better. Um, but yeah, they finally came out with a list of commits. Well, 42 of the 48. They have five spots left for Asian tour qualifiers. Mm. And one unknown we have some guesses and i think it's going to be phil i think phil is going to just come out you know wwe style and oh yeah and basically give the tour the big bird but like i said dj is the headliner Mm -hmm. of this group and reportedly um 125 mil to go. Um, so what are your thoughts on him saying, nah, I'm on the tour, I'm sticking with the tour, and then moving over. And then well, accepting it, this. Yeah, and, he had he had to play his cards, right? Maybe it was a negotiation tactic with LIV, right? 
some extra heat came in maybe he got like a hundred million dollar contract and then this came out and they're like dj are you really out well can you get me another 25 <laughs> i don't know right <laughs> maybe um, or he's just like hey i can't look at the heat that came on field i yeah. i've got to keep this tucked because i don't remember his exact words it he's and it, it may have been something like oh, i'm playing where i'm playing now or something like it may have been vague enough but the funny thing is, is nobody that I've seen on any social media platforms has came out and just absolutely hammered DJ. Yeah, They've made like jokes, right? Because he did lose a sponsor. I guess he lost a sponsor in RBC, but him and Graham McDowell both. But I think that was more, and this is the first one that I've been like, okay, I get it. You just, you're skipping out on your, one of your name, your bigger sponsors, their title event, the RBC Canadian Open, and you're ditching that. So I see where they're coming from on, with both of those guys and and getting dropped from their, their contracts because they probably have something in their contract that, so they probably breached in some form or another, they breached the contract on that by not competing yeah. in, it, in it in favor of another tournament, right? They may, uh-huh. like, if it's like, okay, he's injured or whatever, that's a different story. Um, but of the other ones, like the biggest one that I sent to you that I think was the biggest kind of shocker, because we knew Sergio was going, we kind of mm-hmm. had an idea that USD was going couple of other guys like from in that same but taylor gooch Mm, yeah first year winner this year on an upward trend and says i'm out yeah and and a guy that i mean and this doesn't but you have a top 10 amateur in the world that's also committed to the first event who just finished tonight <clears throat> playing in the NCA division one national championship for yeah. Arizona state. Yep. Week. And, and that, that, that brings in a lot of different dynamics, right? So you sent me a message about what if they start poaching all the great talent from, uh, from the college before they get a chance to go on the PGA tour. Cause they're, I mean, the handout that they get, which is only the five best players, they get some university exemption into so well, the top 10, they, well, the top 10. Yeah. But the top five get corn Ferry, and then six through 10 get ancillary, either like Latin America, Canadian tour. Yeah. Um, exemptions so but if the like what this the tweet that i sent you was (laughs) totally like i said not verified by me yeah not verified by this person it was just kind of said someone in the know right they didn't name their source 
Um, but they said that one of the AMs got six million to commit, yeah, and then two fifty per event on top of it. Like, and and think about that, and 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 the money's a big draw, right? I mean, this is a livelihood, and if you're in any other business or industry, you're going to go where the money is. Like you, people leave com, com, uh, companies all the time to go make more and more money at another company, mm-hmm. different job, different position. But the PGA tour put a lockdown on that. Could you imagine working for your company? And then that company being like, if you even think about leaving, you will be banned forever. And it's like, well, so, okay. <laughs> Cause yeah. there's, there's so many other but it, I companies mean, and depending on their trading, I mean, there's non-competes, all that stuff yeah. that you can write in. And and they did, they're basically independent contractors, and they I don't know, and this is I've never played on tour. Just just so you guys are aware, I've never played on tour. <laughs> um but this is maybe something I should look into. But do they do they sign some kind of agreement with the PGA Tour that says, right? They obviously have to live up to some things. They pay dues, right? They pay some things to keep their membership, and they have to do some specific things to <clears throat> allow them to continue their membership, right? Mm-hmm. But my question is, is at that point, you know, they did every they did everything by the book, right? And they the only time that, from what I understand, from what I've been hearing, that the only time that the PGA is denied like players playing in events is when they have been in the States. So, I mean, they would obviously come to that, that point, you know, they were going to get to that point here later on in the LIV season, but they've never like denied a request when it's been. Yeah. Overseas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, the reality is, is DJ apparently got, 125 million to play on the LIV. Tiger's career earnings on the PGA Tour is 120.8 million. So, I mean, think about that. All the money he's ever won, it was just eclipsed by DJ signing a contract to play on one season. One season. This is one one season. One season. And it's like, that's incredible. That's that's amazing money. You you're fresh out of college and you're hoping you're going to make a couple cuts, but you're committed and boom, you get a six million dollar contract and you're in all the tournaments. Like holy moly! And it would be interesting. Like okay, when when Speed came out, right? When Wolf came out, what did what what did their contracts look like? Obviously, Tiger's a different beast. When he came out, his couple of contracts were were significant. But it was over, right? It wasn't, I don't, right? I don't know what it was exactly for, from his sponsors to, to get in there. But 
but you're getting $6 million just to play on a tour, right? If you're playing well, you're going to get sponsorships somewhere, right? There's going to be guys that will sponsor you. Yeah. Um, but then it gets you in the door. You get, what is it, six, eight events? Eight events? Yeah. And then you can play other places. And like I said, then, but it is only eight events. So you're going to have to pick up the rest of your schedule somewhere. And it still shows them as AMs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how this, where this kind of, toes that line because if if Puig's going right and he's getting paid six million there's well, he's got to turn pro right yeah that that's an interesting or do you scenario. not because it's different is it like an nil that's what i was thinking because these that's a big part of the usga's classification of amateur versus um professional like, are you making money in the game of golf? Are you playing for money? But that the kind of changes things. Say I'm an amateur, but somehow I'm famous and I get a clothing deal with Ralph Lauren, so to speak, and they want to pay me annually to wear their clothing. And there's some really tricky stuff around it. The new NIL is kind of muddied yeah the water right yep a little bit because and this is you know it's it's in a different sport but Deion Sanders was talking about he's like the NCAA is gonna have to do some well teams college teams because whatever the NCAA is kind of a joke. Um, but he's like, you have top players now making more off their NIL deals than some of these coaches that are coaching these kids are making. And he's yeah. like, he's like, what you've got to look at is, is you've got kids here who don't aren't mature enough and don't know what to do and how to act with that money that are making more money now than their offensive line coach or their their coordinate right they're probably not making more than their like official ocs and, and head coaches because yeah but in some cases they will be right depending on what school they're at and how big of I yeah mean, it's uh, it's tricky but he's like he's like there's gonna be some you gotta <laughs> you gotta figure out how to manage that but i mean but in the end like if that's his goal, I mean, that was the same thing with Tiger. Tiger left school early to become a pro, and he forfeited amateur status. Yes. So it's not like he's he's worried about it. No. He's like, dang right, I'll ditch that for six mil. And heck, I would too. Please, somebody reach out to me about that. <laughs> My, I will. We will put her. You can contact us via. You just reach us out instant message DM me on Instagram and I will gladly take that. Um, <laughs> so, but um, I don't know. You've, you've got an interesting question here. Um, is the LIV tour done before it starts and what mistakes have been made? 
Phil. And this is, like I said, this was, I will preface this. When I started writing, typing this up, it was before they came out with the list. Oh. <laughs> but I still think they've made some mistakes, right? I think they dragged their feet. They've done some things. And I actually saw, and I'm, I was going to read the article on it that, right, they've, they missed one of their own deadlines. And my guess is it's just announcing players is, is what the deadline was. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's been, they should have been like more, like it came out and it, however it got leaked with the whole Mickelson thing and how it kind of got put out there, it kind of just started going like they were tripping over themselves and didn't quite know how they were going to launch it. Is the yeah. like the biggest mistake that I've kind of seen. In I, I, yeah, they've got a press release issue. <laughs> they do. But, um, I, I think the biggest mistake they've made already is the price uh, to to actually go attend the event. Yeah, I think um, we talked about this before, right? Yeah, we did talk about it. Like the the reality is, is yes, the consumer is a means to make profit, right? But you need to make that profit through, um, through your contracts with whoever's going to televise it, right? Or you make that profit through some subscription-based monthly, um, you know, access to a, a, an app that streams yes. it, right? That so, some, yeah, some secondary thing where you get, oh, yeah, you can get the basic stuff here. Uh, but then you go, ooh, enhanced content. Yeah. And and that could be amazing. And so the product that we get as consumers has to match the value, right? And we've noticed that the PGA Tour's value in its production has decreased as they've looked to make more money. And that's also been with the televising companies and stuff like that, um, eliminating more and more on-course reporters, taking cameras off so you get less views. Um, there's a lot of that going on. It's all about cutting costs and making money. But mm-hmm. um, man, if they televise it right, they get the, the coverage that we want and need. And then they charge us. Well, you want to charge me $5 just to get access to their app and watch every swing from Dustin Johnson in the tournament? Yeah. Sign, me oh, sign me up, right? $10? Uh, I kind of think about that. Um, $20? Uh, I guess I'll just miss it, you know? And that's like I said, it, it depends, right? You, the one thing that you um, get there is, is like, okay, 20 bucks. Is it per event? Is it total? If it's per event, maybe. Yeah. But, it, maybe. but, is, it, but is it giving me, like I said, is it giving me Master's App type access? And granted, Master's App is free, but they also make a uh, killing everywhere else on tickets yeah Yeah. on concessions but if you can give a like product oh yeah then people will pay for it and that's the crown jewel experience right the masters really does set the bar high and you don't have to match it because there's no heritage in these it has to be just a like right yeah it has to be a like um but i think it was like 130 bucks a day maybe even more and, you know, you're going to watch a four-day event where you don't get to experience everything, right? It's totally different. You go to a football game, you see the whole field, you see every play, you see every player. You go to a golf tournament, 
you follow one dude for four holes and you miss everything else. Yeah. And so it's, it's a much different experience and, and to charge it the same way to me, the value's not there. Um, I mean, even that the PGA do how much heat they got for selling $18 beers. Like, Oh my gosh, that, that just People broke are... the internet. Well, let's see. So just for, and this is, I mean, obviously this is possible, you know, packages, right? You got the club 54 three day package. It's 7,300. I don't know. Like the picture they show of it looks pretty cool. Your hospitality. So let's just do disagree. So you're looking at just green grounds passes, right? Mm-hmm. Three days, 225 for the London one. Yeah. You got to knock that down to 85 where the daily grounds are. Cause if it was 85 for a three day pass, that's oh. maybe right. Yeah. Cause I, I figure that's going to come out to about 30 bucks a pop or each day. Yeah. Or do it for 75 for the three day. Yeah. And then, and, and then make some money in concessions. Like, well, imagine that a five dollar a beer might make you money. <laughs> that or right, and then you're like, okay, the guys who want to pay it, yeah, your hospitality packages, but they get something for them. I, yeah. <sighs> so like I said, there's a lot of ways to do this. Um, obviously, they're going to try and maximize profits because they are investing a lot, but maybe they realize this is a long term goal. But dude, you got to build a viewership to to create that that revenue i mean think about it from ad revenue if they can get five million people to download an app and stream and they're all watching at the same time and they're running commercials on some company that wants to advertise during it like that is screen time and you could make a ton and if it's accessible people are going to watch it so it's that balance of charging it versus making money off of it and so forth so I will say that they, so there are some discounts in, in here. You got you tickets. If you're under 15, 15 and under, and you're with the paying adult, you get in free. Oh, so that's, that's good. If you're going to do any of the like hospitality ones, if you're over the age of three, you have to have a ticket. So you, yeah. it doesn't apply to those. Um, students and teachers receive a 25% discount Wow, off of, grounds passes that's cool medical professionals looks like the same first responders the same military um funny military and veterans only receive a 10 percent discount you think they'd get the same 25 percent discount (laughs) no i don't know but yeah i mean it sounds like they might have adjusted things before the event I didn't know that there was the free kids. I think they added that. So that's pretty cool. And and so it's about viewership though. If it's hard to access, it's going to be dead in the water. Yep. It's like I said, there and you, right. It'll be, I think you'll get an adequate in-person turnout, right? I don't think you're going to, where I think they're going to lack a little bit is I think their hospitality areas are not going to be quite um, 
full. So that may be a little bit lacking. But like you said, where they could make a huge difference is their streaming reach. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So all right. It'll be interesting next week. It's all happening next week. Yeah. Um another thing that I thought because there was a rumor going around that Norman was that they're gonna get rid of Norman. Really? As, as the thing there was that going around that, that that was a possibility. But I don't think that would be wise because he has a lot of pull. And it wasn't anything wrong that he did. Uh, I think no. some of it. I mean, he's he's in charge of kind of how it rolls out, and it kind of got blundered a little bit. But I think overall, it's something new. I think it'll be. I think it'll be fine. I think it will be fine. So now for this week, I think we skipped a week in there. Colonial was in there. Somebody won that. <laughs> but this week, Sam Burns, the reason I want to talk about this is just because Sam Burns has been, I think, an underappreciated baller this year. Mm-hmm. This third tour win. But you just like people are like, oh, Sam Burns is good. Okay, next. And you're like, wait, really? Good. Oh, Sam Burns really good. <laughs> three tour, three wins this year. Um, second to own only to the person that he beat in the playoff and had to make a bomb from just off the green to do it and shoot a pretty nasty little 65 and in crazy conditions where some people were wilting, (laughs) right? When Sam Burns finished, he wasn't in the lead at that point. Wow. He was um, one shot back. And at one point, there were five players for a microsecond. Um, but you had five players at 10 under when, um, oh. yeah, that um, really escalated quickly. You had HV, who was playing with HV3? Harold Varner the third in the final round. Oh, like totally blank, blank, blanked on his name. Um, so that I can see who it was. That so he and their leaderboard got to pull it back up again. Um. I may have fallen so far down, down the list that um, no Davis Riley. Davis Riley was tied. Um, Scott Stallings, I believe, birdied. Was playing with that, yeah, and yeah, birdied the par five. So Scott Stallings birdies the par five to bring Harold Varner to the third. Or pull even with Harold Varner the third, Davis Riley, Scotty Scheffler, 
um, who just, uh, Brendan Todd at this point, right? So this is, they're all, and it's got it. So there's seven or five tied when at that exact point when Stalling makes his, but um, Davis Riley is on, has already pumped one out of bounds on 14 to make a six to drop two behind. And then bogey 17 to drop another one behind. Um, so he's out of it. But on the whole right after that, HV3's got like a flip wedge into 12. Hits it in the bunker. It gets plugged. Scott Stallings like airmails the green. And takes 20 minutes. It's it's about a 15-minute ruling, right, to get a free drop from line of. And then he Scott Salling makes a bogey on that one. But Harold Varner, three, right after that's all done, kind of plugs it, you know, punches out. Obviously, it's a Friday, so it doesn't come out great. So he's got about 18, 20 feet. It's a decent shot out of the lie. But then produces to lose his mind in four putts for a triple. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Um, then Brendan Todd has a couple of bogeys coming down the stretch. Um, Scotty Scheffler makes some great ones, but that's just – and. I will give credit where credit is due. Like I said, I Harold Varner has been kind of like he's he said some things that I haven't quite agreed with, but he stayed after. So his scorecard as of 12, he goes triple, double, because he hits one in the water right after that. He goes triple, double, triple in that three-hole stretch. He shoots 45 with three pars and a birdie. Uh, So he has two doubles, two triples, and a bogey, and a birdie on the backside. But he comes comes out, signs the things, but it was just like, and I've had this day, and I've had this, like, literally, where all of a sudden I was like, oh, my gosh, I I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I forgot how to play (laughs) golf. And it looks like it did. It just... Whatever number 12, that weight that he had to go through, it like his his brain went off and he forgot how to play golf. Yeah. For you know, seven holes. But comes out after, you know, signs does his thing. So that's that's cool. But it was like you're I you're I was watching it on Sunday because I was down with a little bit of a cold. So I was just chilling. Right? And I'm going, these guys are just absolutely throwing up. Like it is, <laughs> there is like the lead was a hot potato. And they're like, nope, I don't want it. Whew, you take it. Yeah. Nope, I don't want it. Right. Everybody yeah. got it at one point And they're like, oh, what do we do with it? Well, let's just throw it on the ground and see what happens. 
And Sam Burns is sitting in the clubhouse going, hey, guys. All right, let's let's do this, right? Uh, and Scotty Scheffler does make his putts on 17 and 18 mm-hmm. are just class, right? Shoots two over, obviously doesn't make a birdie the entire day, gets into a playoff, and Sam Burns makes a bomb. But it was carnage. And it was like, I mean, it was windy, but this is where, like I said, like we said a, a few weeks ago, you know, Mother Nature's remains undefeated. Oh yeah, because it was absolutely killing these guys out well, there. And, and most of the people that did well in this tournament kind of backdoored it. Yeah. Well, you got Fina that. Backdoor to top five. Sam Burns, you know, he'd been in the clubhouse for oh two hours. Totally. Comes from seven back. So, like I said, it was just, and it was, it was, it was windy earlier, but it was a consistent wind, right? Yeah. The wind in the, it started to just get like, okay, it's going to be 15, 25, 15, 30, right? It was, it was gusty, and like you, you're watching guys hit it a good 15 yards over the target or short, and you're just like, and they're looking at it. I mean, Jordan Spieth had on one shot had a 15 had like a 10 minute conversation walking up to the green to with Greller about what what just happened on that shot? Cause it was, he hit it exactly how he wanted it to. And it ended up 20 yards short. <laughs> it's just like, it was, yeah, it was crazy, but it was a, like those tournaments because guys have to step up because wind, I mean, give me some rain, give me some other stuff, but when wins, it's just the unpredictability of wind is what makes it so tough. Yeah. And, and it showed, like I said, with distance control with some of these guys. Um, so let's go through his Sam Burns's what's in the bag, yeah. even though you don't care about it. No. Nope. Although when we got into it a little bit, you care a little bit more than you, you led, led this, led me to believe originally. Yeah. So, Okay. We'll start at the, the base. Yeah, we can just run through it because got the new Callaway Rogue ST Triple Diamond. Um, if you're a Callaway player and you're not playing the Rogue ST Triple Diamond, then who are you? Like, it just seems to be the driver that everybody's got in the bag. Um, Fujikura Ventus wins another tourney, which is crazy and awesome at the same time. Um, so he's got the Callaway Maverick, so he takes it back to forward range with the Callaway Maverick. And then he's got the Callaway 7-wood. Oh, I'm sorry, the Apex Utility Wood um, at 21 degrees. Um, it's really just a really small 7-wood, and it's cool. Um, but he's playing the Callaway Apex TCB irons, the Tour Cavity Backs. Yep. And same irons that Rom plays, but he's got a special wedge in there, which is uh, pretty special for the reason of its design. So... His gap wedge or 50 degree wedge is an apex TCB. It literally matches the set. In fact, yes. it's a perfect match. 
They're they are identical. They are identical. And I think they actually, if you want to, and I'm actually, because so that I don't sound like an idiot when I say this. Um, yes, they do make an A-wedge that the public can buy with this. A 50-degree yeah. TCB. Yep. Um, I actually think one of the guys that I work with at, at Impact did get the TCB gap wedge. He actually plays a gap wedge similar to this, this same setup. But we're talking about it a little bit, and you you have some strong sentiment on this, so I will let you <laughs> ha- have your soapbox. I agree with you on a lot of the points that you say, but you like laid it out there, and it's, it's a really good point, so I'm going to let you go. Well, yes. The leash is off. The muzzle has been removed. <laughs> I will not be silenced. Um, the reason Mr. Burns is playing a 50-degree wedge that matches his set, rather than, say, one of the Jaws MD5 wedges or whatever, is because the players at Callaway are finding more consistency in having a 50-degree wedge that matches the irons. Reason why? Well, the the 50 degree wedge is never very much utilized around the golf around the green for chipping or out of bunkers for, for hitting sand shots. Nobody's taking that wedge out. And so he wants that straightforward wedge swing to have consistency and workability that is familiar with his irons. So guess what? He's playing a wedge, a 50 degree wedge, which is by the way, the original loft of pitching wedges back in the in the 80s 70s and 80s and it's matching so all we've done here is we've moved the lofts up and we've created this new wedge to match the set you could literally scratch the numbers off and write pitching wedge on the 50 degree and your irons will perform great in fact nothing will change <laughs> with the way you're hitting it because we're just changing the numbers yeah and we just so, if you haven't seen already, this is my passive aggressive way of talking about loft jacking. Um, we have to fill the gaps with irons. Lofts are lofts. You want to, you know, squawk about the numbers or it doesn't matter. It's all the same, whatever. Well, there's a reason that these particular wedges are getting the consistency and the tour players are looking for them. So all the, the club manufacturers are making them, right? You got a 44 degree pitching wedge. And now you've got a 48-degree area wedge or gap wedge or utility wedge. Utility wedge, approach wedge, what, yeah, what, get, whatever, whatever you want to call it. You want Attack to call wedge. It. It's fine, but it's still a replication of the same irons that were used for generations and generations and generations. Yes. And, uh, and there's more to it, but it's still the loft. And, and the reality is you have to have 13 clubs between seven degrees and 60 degrees and you can call them whatever you want, but they need to hit the gaps. Yeah. And um, it, to me, it just seems ridiculous that you order a set now and it can literally be eight irons, but it will be five, six, seven, eight, and then nine, you get five. Well, I would tell you this. I don't sell four irons very much anymore. oh four irons are extinct oh wait because it's because they're a five iron now yeah so you get 
you get five clubs with a number on them and then you get three with a letter like <laughs> okay so it, it, what you say makes complete and utter sense and some of it is is right i think some of that is is a, where they've gone to now there is not a lot of lower lofted shots right they don't utilize a lower lofted club around the green they might go to their 56 55 but very rarely do you see them unless they're going to go like way to the other end and go into like a a bellied hybrid or something like that very rarely do you see these guys anymore get that shot around the green that's like a eight nine pitching wedge right 50 degree whatever you don't you they don't utilize those shots a ton that you saw a certain person certain player do that utilize lower lofted irons around the greens at augusta right it just doesn't get utilized very often so if you're not going to use it for that that reason and i do use it more than a lot of players which is the reason i do have an sm950 degree because i do use it around the green a little bit more but it's just how i prefer to do it if i didn't i would i would match i would completely match my set yeah with that 50 degree yeah and i'm just a crusty old man now and i'm just like pitching wedges are 52 degrees i'm like extreme but (laughs) it's just it's funny it uh, (laughs) you can throw all the science you want at it but it's not going to convince me that a four iron needs to have 19 degrees of loft it's just not going to happen it's not going to benefit anybody especially slower swing speed which they're actually a lot of these guys are targeting yes yeah, I, hit, I hit it far, but it only went five feet off the ground. Then it rolled for another 15 yards. And well, it was off the back of the green because it couldn't hold, but it went yeah. far. Uh, and yeah. don't try to, I, yes, this is the yardage for my six iron, but there's a bunker in front. So that's no chance for that. Um, so I'm either going to have to hit it around it or I'm going to be 10 yards over. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And you see that a little bit, right? But it, and we talked about it. It's like, okay, what would the a manufacturer, if they really wanted to do something just absolutely completely bonkers and go off script for a player's club, mm-hmm. add loft. Put the same tech in it, but add loft yeah. to it. And change the bounce characteristics of it. Stop worrying about ball speed because you know what? If it, it's like you said, if it's five feet off the ground, ball speed really doesn't matter. Yeah. You can't get it in the air. That ball speed is, is negated because, you know, there's something called friction and that's going to mess with that at that point. Right. Balls in the air, not as much friction as balls rolling on the ground. Yeah. It's, um, 
the biggest the biggest thing you're going to hear the really intelligent fitters start to talk about is angle of descent stopping yep. power whatever your fit is whatever the spin rate is or whatever number you want to put on that iron it yep. needs to hit a certain descent window to actually stop it doesn't yep. doesn't matter so the reality is is you're going to fit yourself out of those strong lofted clubs. And you said it yourself, I'm not selling four irons. <laughs> it's because they, nobody can hit those windows unless you've got like a 110 mile per hour iron swing. And was there like 10 people in the world that got that? So it's just like, it's ridiculous. Um, but that's the way that's the nature. Don't make four irons, make five irons, 22 degree, five irons. And that's all you're going to get. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyways yeah let's move along (laughs) next steve Steve alker um the 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 freaking like australian assassin under yeah the australian assassin like it took him a while he's like fine wine and took him like he's pulling him off the shelf and he's been fantastic this guy barely lived on the pga tour and now he is like a senior tour champions tour god. This guy is like Bernhard Longer. Oh, yeah, he's Bernhard Longer on. Yeah, yeah, he's Bernhard Longer in his, <laughs> in, his in his prime on the on this champions tour. Yeah, well, he's got four wins now in a major in his first major, and he, and he just walk like, on. and he blew the guys away in the final round. Yeah. Right, and it would he turned it into a blowout. Um, but we will have to go through if he wins next week. We will do a what's in the bag because oh yeah, it's a it's going to be a good one. It's well, going to be something not that we haven't worked worked with. <laughs> um, true. yeah, but man, guys, crazy on a roll. Yeah, super solid. And um, yeah, great tournament. Maybe on the next one, we'll we'll just go back and, and check it out, anyways. But yeah, he's he's something special right now. Yeah, yeah, we've 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 covered a lot, and <laughs> it's been a been a long one so far. Yeah, we've 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 made up more than made up for it, and we've still got a couple little nugs to yeah. finish this off because it's what we yeah. like to do because it's tech talk oh, oh speaking yeah. of miras weren't we talking about that earlier we were we were somebody yeah. doing it if you're, a, if you're a design wedge and if you're into like golf clubs and this was big news on your regular you know fully equipped and golf wrx and myself included um adam scott one of the most purest ball strikers ever graced this earth uh, he is testing new irons. And so he was spotted with three different sets out on the range at the Memorial. And he had the ones he had been playing, the Titleist 681 AS, which were made just like um, Justin Thomas's CNC yeah. milled specifically for him. He also had an older set of 680s that had some custom grind work on the sole that made it flatter and a load of lead tape to replace the weight. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he was testing a flatter sole in the same shape. 
And then he, the first set of many more to come, um, Mura Adam Scott models. And it's got the beautiful Adam Scott logo right in the back, which looks like two traditional type font A's, but they're mirrored. So it's an A and an S. Um, so this was pretty cool. So Adam Scott knew that he wasn't going to get any more custom made Titleist CNC irons <laughs> since he's not on contract with them anymore. But um, he was testing to see what was going to be ideal right forward. So my question is, is, have we have we verified which ones he's putting into play tomorrow? I don't know that yet. Um, he was playing them around. I would suspect he'll play a 681 ASs. Yeah. So he'll still which, have a title list in the bag. So, but so we talked about this earlier, right? We're we're like, yeah, people are going to joke that JTs were made made by Muir. It's crap like this that <laughs> <laughs> leads to those rumors. Well, you, you get a was, guy that basically, right? Obviously, Adam Scott has been a Titleist. Oh yeah, gamer for ever, right? Yeah, since the dawn of time, I think he's yeah, he's worn the same. Uh, he's he's played basically the same club and wore the same pants for yeah. since he's been on tour. And and it's awesome. I I think. Um, well, basically, Mira was out. He got these Miras. He reached out to multiple companies. I don't know the list of them because the right. article didn't say that. But he reached out to Mira, amongst others, and said, hey, can you make this for me? And they went to work and did quite a replication job on these Miras, which actually look more like the MB-101s. Mm-hmm. but made to his specification of how he likes the neck to look and how he likes to do. And to be honest, the, the boxiness of this, the Titleist 681s that he's playing, it, the mirrors have a little bit cleaner transition in the neck as we're looking at the eight iron. Right. And so a lot of people have been saying, Oh, wow, I really like that. The way the Mura set up um, still loads of offset for me. And I'm just like, Bleh. but it's Adam's <laughs> thing. This is his bag, right? Um, but the mirrors they really did a bang up job, to be honest. I mean, to in in jokingly saying this, like their copy machine over at Mira is really good. <laughs> um, but uh, but in reality, you know, some great craftsmen came together and shaped the iron just the way Adam Scott wanted, and he's he's testing it. I suspect we're gonna see some more. Maybe artisan might be in the mix. Maybe um, some other Japanese company that that does some handmade stuff will be so, in the mix. So, my question with that then is: is does that mean Adam Scott's deal with Titleist is going to be expiring and not renewing? Oh, it's it's gone. He's not He's on Titleist staff anymore. Oh, is he not? Why did yeah. I? Oh, I think that's like, right. It was it was the end of last year the year before yeah that's right i believe he's got like a stealth driver and all kinds of stuff going on well we know he doesn't play a scotty i don't know what the hell he's got in his hands on the putting green i think he's i think an alien made that one it's like some kind of (laughs) uap that you know piece flew off of the and and a ufo and he picked it up and put it on a stick. 
Yeah, it's it's the lab putters. He's got some pretty crazy stuff going on. Is but the one that he has is it a lab putter? Is it an iteration of the lab? Yeah, it's directed force. It's a new one that that looks better, but it still has that um, balance to it. It looks better. Well, it looks better than the other one. The one that looks like you can skin potatoes with it. (laughs) The one that looked like when he picked it up, it was like, oh, I love you. Because it's a heart of the back. (laughs) Um, But but hey, if it's going to... The thing is, he's not a bad putter. I think he's in the top 25 in like strokes game putting this year. And that's, that's what I said. I think he's he's always been... Because he's been such a good ball striker and had those putts, I think if you see, right, and you've got to look at it on Torage, he's never been a great putter, nor will he ever be a great putter. But I think he was an adequate putter, and I think <laughs> he kind of got, you know, not everybody can putt Augustus Greens. And so he got a little bit of flack for that, which is still the only major that he's won. Yeah. Um, on some of the toughest screens to putt sometimes, but, but I think he got, I think he got in his own head because he was hitting it so good and missing some of those. Right. And maybe not, I don't know, but it, he's gone to a point where he'll never be a great putter, but he's, he's been an adequate putter, mm-hmm. which is, well, I would take his career in heartbeat. Is he is he sniffing like ten wins and uh, masters? So, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Speaking of putters, somebody else is doing a little bit more testing this week. Yeah, it must be the must be the week for testing, Mister Spieth. Mr. Um, so, yeah, I mean he's got his trusty old carbon 009 Cameron that is uh, clearly on the bench at the moment and he is experimenting with two similar putters actually one is an absolute carbon copy of it but just fresh black um, 009 and there's two different 009s out there and this is just for those nerds there's an 009 and an 009M and they have some very different line blending that curse on the flange and the bumpers of the putter between those two models um and he, the flange his gamers the m right no he does not he's, test he doesn't them. have them yeah he's got the original 009 which i think came out around 2005 so it was a it was a design that held for a good 10 years before scotty came in and adjusted a little bit to the 009 m masterful is what that one means so um but he's got that blackout and there's just um, a Cameron crown and orange painted on it. The whole thing's black except for that Cameron crown. And then the second putter, which was a little bit more interesting, it's a T22 Newport Terillium short swoop neck. Mm-hmm. And it's super clean. And, and the funny thing is, is my own personal preference on the Newports that came out to retail. Um, the newest one, the special select, it was, to me, it was okay. But the 2020 Newport shape, which the T22 actually pulls from, is a great looking Newport. I think it was the closest retail iteration that came to having a true 009. Um, 
which are really just a tour only edition. So uh, really cool putters to be testing. I mean, Spieth, as you've mentioned, just wasn't rolling the rock. He and, said it, uh, it, it wasn't, but I think he kind of masks some of it, right? Cause you're looking at it and you're like, oh, his stats don't look terrible, but he missed some putts where you're like, that shouldn't happen. Right. And it just, it's in spots where it, it just really, really costs him some. Yeah. And, and that thing is, momentum. Like, we've been so used to watching him with that same putter. And we think there's a special relationship between you and a putter. There's really only one guy ever in the existence of golf that had a true special relationship with a putter. And that was tiger, but every other golfer in, in the game has switched putters, Jack Nicholas included. Well, tell you, so, whoa. Um, he won in Hawaii and he's had the same putter since the dawn of time. And it's an ugly ping putter. Um, that? I'm trying to remember. He won earlier in the year because we noted it and it's, and it's still, and he played, he played on the Ryder Cup team. Oh. Um, that was let me pull up the schedule why am i blinking taller guy um it wasn't that wasn't cameron smith no it was an american americano i thought it was in hawaii but maybe it wasn't it was the guy with the the old grip yeah, that he had to, like, they were actually, there was a rules decision at the Ryder Cup. Um, why am I? Yeah, I you know, know what I'm talking about. about. But yeah, it is an ugly old tailor made putter. Or was it a ping? It was a ping. One of them. It was no, a ping. I swear yes. it was tailor made. No. Here, I'm going to, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to get you his name and then we'll, we'll look up his, <laughs> his I'm thing. I'm going to pull up our pods and go all the way back to the date where we did Hudson Swafford Hudson Swafford and he's rocking it's an old did he play in the the ping ho-hum yeah yes that thing is a pile of garbage Uh, he loved it though. Well, it did win in the century championship. That was 2021. What a memory calling back almost a year and a half for that. Um, oh, geez. Then he did. He, he didn't play in the Hawaii. It was this. He won the century championship with that. Yeah, but he played. Um, no, it was in 2022. It was January yeah. 2022. But did, um, did he play in the Ryder Cup? Why was I thinking of Ryder Cup? Or was there another? He didn't play in the Ryder Cup. But there was a rules. Couple guys, but I mean, like, win one or two tournaments on the PGA Tour, yeah. use the same putter your entire life. That's great. Win 83. Well, I guess Tiger didn't win all of them with his Titleist, but. No, win 15 majors with one or 14 with one putter that that's, yes, that's okay that's next level i get it <laughs> but yes there are there are some guys but most of them right will mess around a little bit 
a little bit. Yeah. Here yeah. There. I do. I mean, heck, you can't even keep the same putter in the bag. But no, if, if somebody would get some butter done, I might be able to switch a butter. Don't even talk about <laughs> it. Source spot, source spot listeners. Spot. Um, they, but they will get done. They, they just, will. I do ground mine every once in a while, but it goes right. My gamer it to this point, which is my just go low. Yeah. Select. It gets gets benched, but not for very long ever. Oh. So, so anyways, message of the day, moral of the story, switch putters, guys. It's if your putting sucks, just switch it. It's okay. Be a club hoe, buy some putters, have a <laughs> have a collection in the corner, and just pick out the one that looks good that day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Especially if you suck at putting. Do it because <laughs> If you suck at putting, why not just have some fun with it? Uh, and you know what? What a great excuse. Oh, I picked the wrong putter today. It wasn't me. It was the putter. This um, is the best. Oh, uh, but yeah. Have fun with it. Switch up wedges too. It's fun. I still need to get my low bound. Yeah. Low, bound, low bounds cake. I have to talk to my boy, Devin, because I believe he has a low bounce cake that I've actually got. Traded him. I got one of his, <laughs> one of my two T's came oh, from him. And you and, got one of my T's still. Oh yes, I do still have it. <laughs> we haven't we haven't played again. I haven't, they haven't seen you since. I then. know. I know. Reason. Just, Reason to get back. Figure that out. Um, we will do it. But yeah, have fun with golf, people. Have fun with it. All right. You can be competitive, but have fun with it. No matter what. But until next time, thanks for listening. And we're out. Thanks for listening to this episode of Birdies and Bogies. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a rating and review. And until next time, have a great week.